Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Creative Control with Vish Khan. First of all, I am still riding high. I was just in Ottawa over the weekend and I saw Wu-Tang Clan for the first time ever. One of my favorite things ever. And Paul McCartney, one of my favorite guys ever. The Beatles, a hip-hop, and an actual Beatle all on the same day. I can't get over it. I gotta get over it because I gotta tell you about this week's show, which is also exciting. Maybe not as exciting as Wu-Tang Clan and Paul McCartney in the same day, but still... This week, an extensive interview with Sloan's Jay Ferguson and Chris Murphy and photographer Catherine Stockhausen about their new photo book, Murder Records 7-inch Singles 1993-1998, which includes a 28-song download and an oral history of every single that Murder released up to 1998. So, people like Eric Strip, Hardship Post, Stinkin' Rich, a.k.a. Buck 65, The Super Friends, Local Rabbits, Thresh Hermit, Jail, Zampano, The Inbreds, the Certain Someones and Sloan, all documented here. Catherine J. Chris, our pal Colin Medley, and myself, we all met at Jay's house in Toronto the other day to talk about the past, present, and future of Murder Records. Also, some exclusive Sloan news for you on this episode. Listen, listen, just listen to it. It's an insightful conversation about a really important part of Canadian music history and one of my favorite bands ever, Wu-Tang Clan and Paul McCartney. No, Sloan. Sloan is who I'm talking about there. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza. The pizza, personally... I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O. G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A That's Pizza Trocadero A place of the good trade 
So, Jay, this is a nice house. Is this your house? Like, do you own the house or do you rent the house? This is rented for one night only tonight. Really? I want to make it look like I live somewhere. <laughs> it looks very lovely. I live in a box under the bridge. What can you tell us about this place? Is it? Uh, is there a good story behind it? Uh, no. Nothing? Just, uh, well, I don't know. I bought it a few years ago. It's 100 years old. It used to be like some worker's cottage. And uh, it was renovated. They took all the wood out of the ceil- out of the walls and then they made a ceiling out of it. And I think people find that a little bit, makes it like a, ca- a cabin, a downtown cabin. Yeah, it does have a kind of a cabin-esque yeah. feel. How, so how long have you been here? A year? Uh, five years. Five, oh, sorry, five years. Yeah. I, I misheard you. That's, that's pretty nice. You know, you guys moved from uh, Halifax to Toronto. How many years ago now? Um, I think I moved here in the late 90s, like 1997 or so, basically. And then Chris sort of followed not long after. And what, very prom- soon. what prompted that? Why come to Toronto? You guys were sort of, you know, I have to say... And I'll be saying lots of different things throughout our conversation because that's how a conversation works. But I actually learned about the city of Halifax because of your label, Murder Records. Is that is that kind of strange? Um, maybe. We were a major tourist attraction, so it does sort of make sense. I think, uh, I don't know, I think it's probably the same as, I feel like I have talked to people, even like my neighbor Jeff, he was a big REM fan growing up, and I think he actually made pilgrimages down to Athens, Georgia, you know, so I think, I think when something, if you're a music fan and something comes from a small area, I think it was exciting for us even to go to Seattle for the first time uh-huh. a little bit, I would say it was, I mean, based on just sort of what had happened there in the music scene and, and the explosion in the late eighties. And, and, uh, I think a lot of small towns benefit from, uh, or garner attention based on bands that come from there. If you're a music fan, yeah. would you say? Yeah, and I think that Halifax, I think one of the things that we thought was fun, even though we knew at the time that it was um, more hype than reality, was that we got to be sometimes uh, mentioned in the same breath as these other towns, like where regionalism had been the real thing, you know, in the 80s and 90s, whether it's Athens or Seattle, Chapel Hill, D.C., um, the Maritimes or Halifax or whatever, Um it sounds almost like a joke to compare them, but like I'm sure that, or Montreal later, for example. And I, but I, everything I've ever read about any of those scenes is that anybody who's sort of experiencing it firsthand thinks it's a joke. But, you know, they, there they, was they something, kind of, there was something happening and kind of fun and magical about Halifax at the time. I mean, it's, it's goofy, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't make, <laughs> no one made any money really. And, but, you know, there was a lot of attention and, um, I don't know, it was exciting for a while. I remember thinking that, we should go. Someone at the in Nova Scotia tourism should be like giving us a few bucks. I'm serious. Or giving Joel Plaskett some few, bu- they a few give, bucks. I understand that. that Joel does pretty well there. Well, I feel like Nova I, Scotia. I think they do love him. Like I think the last East Coast Music Awards, he won six times or something. And I think by the time he's up there for the third time, he's already a little bit beat red, embarrassed or something. I think so too. But like he really, like he, <laughs> someone put a tin whistle in his hand one time and or in his mouth, and I think he did a whole record of that, didn't he? On that three record, isn't that a bunch of like tin whistle and stuff? Yeah, he sort of like drank the poison, if you ask me. Yeah, the third record or whatever, yeah, is pretty much all. There is actually tin whistle on that. But his his dad was big into like he. Gaelic for three. <laughs> Three machine, <laughs> David Bowie. Um, um, no, but no, but Plaskett. I always joke. Yeah, Plaskett's holding the fort. He's really like, and you know, and made a real industry for himself. And he's done better than like of all of us, everybody who's like in this um, from the sort of 
from our murder records pedigree, he's kind of done the best. Like he's got a real industry going on, and he stayed in Halifax. And when we were when we first started, being from Halifax was a big part of our story. And in a way, moving here kind of kind of ruined what was kind of the major part of our story. Even though it wasn't. I, we we would have wished that it were more about the music, but you know, us coming from Halifax and not having to move to the big city was so much a big part of our story. You mean it ruined the kind of underdog aspect of the story? A little bit, and the sort of um, uh, from elsewhere kind of thing. It's like, you know, if we showed up in Toronto, I'd be like, hey, there they are. But now, if we you see me at Metro, I'm like, oh, geez, there he is again. <laughs> <laughs> but what exactly did, I don't know if you answered this what exactly prompted the move then I mean was Halifax I'm mostly getting, girls like mostly like we're dating people yeah. who wanted to either move to a place where you could get a job or we were we had already dated everyone in Halifax and mm-hmm. so it's a, the, it's a small records. town it's <laughs> like well I've dated everybody uh, well I guess I gotta move uh-huh uh-huh Andrew was Andrew Scott was the first person to live here Andrew Andrew was up here since '93, and again his girlfriend, uh, who's his wife now, um, you know he made the right decision in that you know, he followed the person up that he spent his life with. But if you read the Twice Removed book that came with our reissue of Twice Removed, um, I get into just how I couldn't believe that he was moving. I was like, "What do you mean you're moving? Like this is the opportunity of a lifetime, and you're blowing it." Why was it the opportunity of a lifetime? Because how many people were getting record deals to American companies from from Halifax. Oh, Uh-oh, geez, look no. who's at the door. Oh, look God. who decided to show up. Oh, I think Catherine might be here. Let's find out. Never know with Jay's place. It could be anybody. Did you order some food or something, Jay? What's that? Oh, no, look, it's Catherine. Sorry. Hey, Catherine, how are you? Hey, Catherine. Nice to see you. Come you on should in. sit where Colin's sitting. And, and yeah, beat a Colin. Get out of here, Colin. Colin Medley is also here. Catherine, we're not very far into this. We're just sort of like doing a sort of like quick intro. I actually don't even have the machine on. It's just, we're just warming up. You're kidding. Up. No, it's on. It's fine. I'm just joking. <laughs> so what happened? Water or juice? Water would be great. So Jay's just going over to get... A wedding rehearsal dinner. Who's getting married, Catherine? Briefly. Uh, Rob Gordon and Sarah Millman. Oh, right. Interesting. Drummer Rob Gordon? Mm-hmm, yes. Of Pony Deluxe fame? Yes, I have and maybe still playing a band with rob pony to look that's right another murder, murder records alum murder records recording artist rob gordon though he wasn't <laughs> on that album <laughs> <laughs> nice so how, how did it go how was the wedding rehearsal we didn't start rehearsing till exactly nine o'clock wow and i left who chose before. thursday for a day was that you who does a wedding rehearsal at thursday at nine o'clock that's weird I know. who is a wedding rehearsal the day that they chose to do the interview <laughs> Well, the wedding, the invitation to the wedding rehearsal was said six to nine. Right. What's yeah. your What's your history here? You two have known each other. I can tell a long time. Catherine and I met at uh, NASCAD at Nova Scotia College of Art and Design, and she would have been would you have been eighteen? Eighteen. Yep. And I would have been twenty two. Old. Twenty one. I was twenty one, or something like that. And I seemed older at the time. I'm still older, but not m- much anymore. But we met then. And then, so we were, I don't know if we were really hanging out too much then, but... I remember our first music conversation while we were like painting color wheels with gouache or something. And you talk about about hardcore? Dag Nasty. Yeah, so Catherine was, was and still is really cute, 
And she was into like hardcore, like DC hardcore and like this kind of stuff and had a, a radio show on CKDU yeah. that played hardcore. Yeah. So she was like pretty up my alley. Too young for me, I thought, at the time. <laughs> the joke is I'm now you know, dating her daughter. <laughs> but um, so we, we hung around and then, and so we knew each other at least peripherally starting then. So that's 1990, 1990 or 91. 90. And then, um, then the other thing that was going on is, was it when we were reco- recording Twice Removed? Mm-hmm. But Catherine was going to art school in Boston, Boston. and I felt some kind of like, uh, we're both from a small town and we're both trying to see the world or something like that. And I thought it was kind of cute. So, and then she came to visit New York and took a bunch of pictures that ended up being used in the twice removed book, yeah. uh, the, the twice removed record and, um, the iconic photos. Um, although she didn't take the color cover photo, no. but, um, why didn't you take the, the cover photo? The most iconic photo of them all. Because we were on Geffen and we had to spend a bunch yeah. of money on stupid people. We, 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 that would have been pre- preferable to me, but it was whatever. There's did too you, much money flying around. Did you go to art school for photography? She's, she can't nod. She's she can't, nodding. It's not called the Nodcast. It's a podcast, which still doesn't work. Anyway. Nodcast. That would be a hit. <laughs> I'm starting one. <laughs> Happens all the time. You'd be surprised. Wouldn't be a hit. Yes, I went to art school for photography. Yes. And, and so when 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 they asked you to do this, you, this was in your wheel. I, I don't know why. I got the impression this was something that you just sort of fell into doing, like documenting the scene, I mean. No. Um, Had you been uh, f- well, the, taking photos of bands before that? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, in uh, at NASCAD, in foundation photography, everyone, you had to weekly shoot and develop four rolls of film. That was just to keep you shooting. So you kind of just had to have your camera with you all the time. And what I did at night was go see bands. So it just made sense to photograph the bands. And that's how it started. Do you remember the first sort of murder-related band you may have documented? Like the first time you were like, huh, something's going on here. I know that there are photos, at least a few photos, of Sloan playing at Cafe Ole in 93, which is pre-twice-removed. Um, yeah, I shot one Sloan show, an all ages show at Cafe Olay. Yeah, so and there are, there are some photos I know from that, and she was also hanging out with other like local bands that we we weren't putting out like Purple Groove Monsters and whoever <laughs> you know doing their tape yeah, cover. Like I she was doing all these tape covers, like the murder. Essen record and the. Oh yeah. It was all written in. Can oh no, it was Purple Groove Monster. That it was just like PGM yeah, or something. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible, terrible stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, and I photographed the cover of the No Class cassette. Right, because there's another. There are a couple record labels happening out there. There was Murder Records, No Records, um, which was a cassette only label. Yeah, <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Records, and the uh, to further complicate things. Cinnamon Toast was run by a bunch of people, including Colin McKenzie, who was our kind of right-hand man at Murder Records, which drove me nuts that he was doing both. (laughs) But whatever, the town was small. I guess there are only so many people to do things. You don't like double agents of any kind. Like you were mad at Andrew for being leaving town. I want like, can we get a group of people together who will work on something and do it properly? (laughs) And just focus on it. You're probably, that's not an unreasonable desire, I would say. The only person I've ever found who will do that is Jay. 
Jay, my life partner. Jay, you've never had a, a side. I left Catherine for Jay. You've ne- <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had like a side project? Any, have you had any like uh, a distracting side project at any point in your time since you've started Sloan? Um, no, I guess Chris and I did like a CBC Radio 3 show right. for a year together. But that was still, you were with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got it and he said, Jay, will you come do it? Or something like that. Here's a thing that I thought was interesting. In, in setting up this meeting, we were trying to establish where we were going to go. And Chris chimes in, oh, we'll just go to Jay's house. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I remember writing the email. I'm like, Should, okay, we'll see what Jay has to say. Catherine, in your experience, is this the nature of these guys' dynamic? Does Chris just tell Jay what to do and then we all do it? Well, we can't go to Chris's house because people are sleeping. Right. Chris won't go to my house because I'm a cat, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, it's not plural. There's one. Are you anti-cat? Why are you anti-cat? Are you allergic or something? I'm not interested in cats. And He's allergic to the idea of and cats. Cuteness. Yeah. And no, I knew that Jay Jay would rather us come here than him have to go somewhere. I was like, yeah, let's meet at St. Clair. He's shaking like, his head at you right now. Also, you also. I'm just kidding. No, I know Jay's Jay's. He's game. You. It's not like I'm like. I mean, Colin's here. I don't know him there very well, <laughs> but I, I was. I w- it was all people that he knew. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't like, "Hey, I'm having a bunch of people over to your house, Jay," and he'd be like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like, I'm not to make you know, Vish, you know, Catherine. Yeah, it's like, yeah. he knows Colin too, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> anyway, I knew that Jay would be fine with it. No, it's and good. I knew that if he was like, you know what, it's going to be a problem. He would just tell me. It wasn't yeah. one of those things like, "Oh my gosh, it's going to be a problem." How am I going to tell Chris? Well, it's an interesting dynamic <laughs> for me as well because it basically, as I understand it, in terms of Sloan's sort of involvement uh, running Murder Records, it's really Chris and Jay running Murder Records. That's the story we've always kind of hey, heard. you said that, Vish. We didn't say that. Well, I have no disrespect. Sorry, you and anybody else who knows anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to Patrick, Andrew, or, or Gregory, or anybody. Who? <laughs> You know that guy, the other guy in Sloan. Do you know? Isn't that his name, Greg? Gregory? Uh, yeah. He's, 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 he's yeah, of course. Also, yeah, of course, Greg. Well, now Gregory came along. I yeah. Don't, I mean, I'm sure. He's a. Pr- he's a. a he came along a little bit later. He's, and he's a touring uh, member of the band. He is, and he's and he's made some appearances on the last couple of records as well, helping out and and things like that as well. But yeah, he wouldn't have involvement in in Murder Records was primarily a 1990s thing for us. It sort of re- had a bit of a reboot, maybe three or four years ago. Right, you put out the Pony De Look record yep. and Will Curry and the Country French. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just sort of... Oh, yeah, and by the, that's another connection. Catherine played right, keyboards, I one of three keyboards. on Murder Records. That's right, yeah. That that's why out? we had to restart it. It was basically it so the cast could be nothing to do with knowing each other. Right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it is interesting that the singles uh, collection is 1993 to 1998, yet at the same time, at the Great Hall the other night, uh, you were celebrating 21 years since the label you know came to be well but it, murder it records, has been it still does sort of exist as an entity for sloan like mm-hmm. it still says murder records on our on our albums the sloan album so kind of in the 90s it was definitely more about documenting halifax and the maritimes and we'd branched out with a zampano single and local rabbits records and stuff but hardship um, post i guess hardship post yeah newfoundland technically yeah, not technically, the maritimes yeah, yeah that's right so um Good. yeah what? hey <laughs> it's true I, I, I've been to St. John's a few times They get really annoyed from Newfoundland. Murder Records um, is. I always compared it to Anthem Records The Rush label I don't know if you're familiar uh-huh. 
it just anthem essentially just means that rush pays for their records and does what they want and um though they did put out a bunch of records i think they put out max webster and maybe like it's like chalk circle or something like some like not maybe not them but just like some some like queen street bands from the 90s or something and probably a bunch of terrible stuff mm-hmm. but anyway but murder records is similar in that it if anybody knows what it is it's essentially a community service project yeah like for putting out our friends bands and it also um is synonymous for me anyway with basically the fact that we um, are in charge of our own, or have tried to be in charge of our own destiny, or whatever. It's like. You've uh, you've been uh, an employee, I suppose, or something. I don't know. You've signed with other labels before. You've worked with a few different labels over the years. Yeah, that's right. And uh, why? What was that experience like? I mean, I guess I know the answer to this because I know the history of the band. But was there ever a great experience working with someone else uh, instead of doing things yourself, as you have been with Murder? Why don't you answer that yourself? <laughs> Just do it. Do it as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it out of just it, or it Catherine? Must, you answer it. There must be. There must have been something nice about being on uh, everybody. Like uh, I, part of our part of our lore was that Geffen tried to tell us what to do, and and we said, "No way, man!" It's like everyone we met at Geffen was awesome. Yeah, like, everyone was cool. Everyone was a person doing their job. And so, what if if whole? Guess what? Whole was more of a priority than Sloan. No kidding. Like, what sure. are you going to do? Sure. Like. Someone going to go to the wall for us and quit or something? Or like punch Courtney? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't even joke about that. She'll, she'll figure something out and, and know that you said that. And Courtney's fine. I met Courtney one time. Let's talk about that. You met Courtney Love? Sure. You, didn't she say you were cute? Maybe. On the radio? Oh, maybe. That's the way you tell it. I, mean, I don't remember <laughs> lately. She did talk about us on the radio one time. We had a friendship with um, Jackie Ferry who was um, Francis Bean's nanny. And um, Jackie Ferry ended up being the tour manager for the Lemonheads when we went on tour with the Lemonheads in 93. And so we got to know her. So we had a tenuous, like, Courtney connection. She was, like, close with Courtney. And when we were in England one time, I remember going to Courtney's um, hotel room one time. She was, like, sitting in bed. Sorry, were you on your own, or was everybody? No, I was with, I was with Jackie. Like, oh, oh, I see. Like, I don't know what we were doing there. Anyway, she was like, she was, she's obviously larger than life kind of character, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. at the time. It was just like, wow, I guess I'm. It was like visiting the Queen or something. Can I, can I tell you, I met her this year. Courtney. Yeah. Oh, what's she saying? Does she like, still think I'm, I'm cute? Courtney. She held out her hand. <laughs> <laughs> A valley girl, Courtney Love. I didn't realize that. <laughs> she looked really good. Yeah. Well, she's had some work done, I'm pretty sure. She doesn't... She didn't even look work gross. Like, she kind of just looked kind of healthy and normal. What was the context of you meeting Courtney Love? Oh, uh, well, she was with Paul Haggis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's a director. He right. uh, he uh, called out Scientology for being a, a sham. He left Scientology. He made, that, he made that movie Crash. He's done a lot of different things. He's got a he's a kind you mean of dynamic. Science, you mean portfolio. Scientology is a is a sham? I don't think we have time for this on this oh. particular episode. But yeah, no. Oh my, <laughs> drops the mic. We're done. <laughs> Interview's over. Uh, no, I was um, at a hotel in New York with my employer George, 
who knows Paul Haggis. We ran into them in the lobby. Paul's like, oh, do you know Courtney? And then she's, <laughs> and she stood up. I only saw the back of a head. I was like, it cannot be. And then she turned up, stood up and turned around and said, hi, I'm Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty amazing. Did, sorry, did Courtney Love just play in, in this town? Colin says coming so you you would know that you work at a record store you sell tickets to things right so so holes coming is that what <laughs> just Courtney Love oh okay are you gonna go to that show no. how are is she is it a concert or is she speaking <laughs> <laughs> she, like, do you have doing... hole tickets and also do you have any um, fish nuts <laughs> <laughs> there's people prank calling Chris has been calling uh, so you uh, start shooting slow, and you're, you've got a hardcore background. You like hardcore music. When you start shooting them for basically for school, mm-hmm. when do you develop an affinity for the actual music? Because it must be hard to be objective because you've, you've known the, the people well, in the band. Had, no, sorry. Well, you had known, to be fair, you knew this hardcore stuff that you were into was like prior to that even. Like. Yeah, I was shooting bands before Sloan formed. You were in Blackpool when yeah. I first met you. You have any pictures of that? You want to get into it? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Is there a story? You know the story. I can't remember. Does it make me look bad? No, it's nothing to do with you. Okay, go ahead. My first album cover. There's no one who understands what's oh, going on. Oh, that's right. Oh, sorry. There's a uh, Blackpool was a band. That I did some time in Blackpool, but it seemed like everybody did a bit of time in that band. Matt Murphy was in that yeah. band. Dave Marsh was in the band. Yeah. Tim Brennan, Tracy yeah. Stevens. Oh, but you had you got a cover, your first album cover. It was my cover. first album cover. I photographed a sign for an old Halifax bar, the Seahorse. Well, it's still there, but... Um, oh, you didn't get credit. And the, in the liner notes, it said, cover photo courtesy of the Seahorse Tavern. Ooh, that's a burn. Oh, man. I felt burned. That was a sad little teenage Well, girl. what I really realized is that photographers are really <laughs> psycho about credit. I mean... And spelling... Right. Well, you're Catherine Stockhausen, so good luck. There's actually a... Yeah, what do you say in the opening essay here about different... Oh, uh, different ways my name could be spelled. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's got to be tough. Stockhausen. I wouldn't know what that's like being named Vishkana. I, I can imagine. <laughs> the, the most common was Stockhauser, which right. to me just sounds really ugly. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. Stockhauser. Kind of makes it seem like you... Catherine that's Stockhauser. <laughs> can you say Catherine Stockhauser in the Courtney Love voice? Hi, I'm Catherine Stockhauser. <laughs> Good setup, Vish, and well played, Catherine. So you're shooting, like, because, you know, your photos are, for people like me and Colin, who's significantly younger than me, you're you're an iconic... Person. No, no, no. I was going to say that your your photos are iconic, and as I'm flipping through this, this book, and I don't know how to convey... Yeah, look at the local rabbits there. Look how young those guys are. Can I just jump, can I just interject and say... Some of the photos that we used are kind of forced upon Catherine. They weren't her first choice of photo. We wanted photos that I especially had to do specifically with artwork uh, associated with the singles. And the era. And, 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 as close, and photos as close to the era uh, as the singles oh, I see. The, you, we could get. Catherine so, for instance, there are, there are pictures of uh, from the Edgefest single that aren't even really that great. Like there's a picture of Rich Turfry in there and... It's just kind of a crappy yeah. picture, but we, <laughs> but I, I know he just, uh, he put that on uh, vine. He, he, he went through a treasure chest of all his stuff and this Africa thing was on, I'll show you guys after, but it's on his vine. He just, yeah, it's kind of cool. Anyway, sorry. 
the You'll show particular us photo that <laughs> bothers me a little bit is the local rabbits one when it's just the three of them. That one. What's wrong with it, Catherine? This is for Murder Record 7 Inch 013 for those following along at home. Uh, yeah, what's... well? You mean put on your snowsuit, you're going to hell? I didn't want to say the name of it. I went by catalog number, but yeah. yeah Are you allowed to say hell on the show? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> You Are you allowed to say snowsuit? <laughs> <laughs> Can't actually say local. I'm going to have to edit that out. Yeah, no, it, uh, what's wrong with this photograph? <laughs> well, I would never take a photo like that now. It's like three guys standing in front of a wall with like front lighting with a flash. Yeah, he's, he's nodding. Photographer in the room's nodding. Coco knows. Coco, what do you make of this photo? Um, it's a photo that I would probably take. But no, no, I just mean that in the way that I'm still kind of learning the ins and outs of photography. You're uh, actually a little starstruck being in the same room as Catherine Stockhausen, right? That's fair to say. I don't get starstruck, don't but I, I don't get starstruck. I'm, I'm trying to make it as awkward as possible. I don't get starstruck. I don't think there's anything wrong with this picture. I think it, it, it communicates that they're just like young, goofy kids. And it's it's nice. I mean, whatever. Yeah, they I look like they look about as probably about as cool as you could get them at that point. They're just they're so wild and rambunctious. They would they would. What's your answer? Uh, I I mean I probably would have taken this photo a year ago and thought that I would you know this is going to turn out great and then got it developed and then realized it's not that great. Yeah. I think it. it, it oh, so my God! You know no, you're I'm embarrassing. Agreeing, I'm agreeing. You went from you. starstruck to offensive I in know, like I'm, a split I'm, second. Yeah. I agree with you completely, though. I think There's a chair over here, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> this was when I took photos. There was never any styling, <laughs> let alone makeup. And you know, well, Pete, Al- Pete Alcus always wears makeup. Right? That should be that should be said. But like, he's wearing a huge lopey sweater. sweater. <laughs> but I, I, I almost d- like that. Like I, that's he, one of the things I like about. Okay, the photo. so I, you and I were talking about this at the Great Hall. I went up to him and showed him the photo. He's like, oh, I love that sweater. Where's that sweater? <laughs> he wants to find that sweater. So, you know, I think it looks like a band whose B-side song would be called Play With Your Poodle. Don't you think? That's the B-side of this particular single, and it looks like that's the... the sweater was made from a poodle. <laughs> that's, a, that's a double A-side. <laughs> what I was trying to say earlier is that there's a few photographers that I can think of that do this. Glenn Friedman, maybe, or, or Jim Cohen. There's certain people that... I can kind of feel the love in the photographs. You know what I mean? I can feel the affinity for the people. There's this photo of uh, everyone climbing up a rock or something like that. And uh, I don't know where it is. It's at the beginning. It might not even be associated with a single. I think it's in the essay, right? In the opening essay. Anyway, there's just something... There's just something about these photographs where I can kind of... Do you know what I mean? Does that resonate with you? That I can kind of feel your emotion here? Less than these guys being bands and me photographing them as bands, we were just all a gang and we hung out and I just always had a camera with me. Like that was just like, we all went on a road trip and I had my camera and we just started taking photos for fun. Is it hard to, I feel like most of the only studio shots are really Sloan making twice removed, right? Like actually being in a studio when a band's working? Uh, Well, this era from this book, I don't think I was really doing much studio stuff yet. Um, though I should have been actually. There's there are there are uh, photos. I meant to bring my computer, Vish, because um, <laughs> because I was going to show you that I kind of. Uh, the, I thought we were going to play video games, but yeah. No, because of the um, the wonderful oral history that you did of the Super Friends mock-up scale down. I started making a booklet 
I started using your text and then taking um, outtake photos of Catherine's to make a little booklet to go with it. And when we priced it out, we said, forget it. Although we may, we may do a, like a PDF or something that, that would come with it. But I was just going to say with that, there are, there are shots of um, the Super Friends recording that record and cool photos that Catherine took. Oh, did you mean recording studio or photo studio? Oh, no, I strictly meant recording studios because... Oh, I misunderstood. Sorry, so do you want to change your answer? Like as far as I know, like the Sloan shoot is at well. For instance, I don't know if you can picture the artwork in mock-up scale down. The oh, that's right. There's actually there's that like there's a shot of them recording in that little room. But again, it's not a studio per se. It was just in the basement of a house. I just wonder, from your perspective, is it weird to be within a band's working space and actually documenting them? Weird. I I don't really walking into a recording studio as a band's working is never a good vibe. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I mean. It's true. It's and like true. the twice removed, se- the twice removed sessions are kind of notoriously legendarily, they were stressful. There was tension, right? Yeah, for sure. But it was, uh, I don't know how to describe it. The The other thing for Catherine taking the pictures is she's really uh, in my camp, you know, she, sorry. I don't think that was the case so much that first Not time. so much the f- at, at, at first, but I feel like you're definitely a friend of mine. and so I, I like Jay. I think I knew Jay almost maybe before you because you used to call in. What? Um, used to call uh, the radio show. And Had I called Ginger to your radio show? Yeah, and the funding drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Would I have had the radio show at the same time as yours? Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I yeah, think okay. you might you have been slot? in Carney Lake Road still. What's that? I started the radio show in 80, no, 90. Were you still in Carney Lake Road? Yeah, Carney Lake, Ro- Carney Lake Road would have ended. 87 to 90, March 90. That was the band that, for the listeners, the band that Chris and I had from right. 87 to 1990. So I, I used to play that band. So right, maybe okay. that that was why you what gave format, us money. What, what format did you play of ours? <laughs> Cart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the radio carts. College, That's college radio, radio joke. <laughs> Cart. Yeah. That's pretty good. No, I just wonder because it's, you know, sometimes it can be weird being in a band space. Can I just say that Carney Lake Road, Carney yes, Lake Road, just, just sidebar, number four on the CKDU chart in 19, whatever it was, 1990. And... Um, Does that did that feel like the big time? Yes, felt like it was like Pixies, REMs, Lone, you know, everything but the girl or whatever. 
<laughs> no, that's one of the things that I learned. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much you guys know about me and my relationship with this with this community of people, this label. But I mean, it came. I, I discovered it at a very uh, formative time for me, and I really learned a lot about community. And I'm curious if you can each maybe talk about where that connection or desire for community, like where was that instilled in you? That's a very heavy question, I know, for a, such an informal conversation. But I, it does, it's something that continues to resonate. Even this artifact is a labor of love that, you know, you did to commemorate your time together. But it's a remarkable thing. I for just want to say, I agree. I, you know, again, this was all community service project. But when I look at it and when it's all together, I get... I get choked up basically. I'm like, we were all kids and you know, for generations before us, it was, you know, people did their military service and those are the people that they think about, you know, when they get older, like the guys I was in the army with, or like, these are the guys I was in the army with. And we all shared this thing that we all did as young people, mostly guys, like very few women actually in the, I mean, Catherine was very involved. So it'd be like Julie Dwaron, the, the, girls the women but the girls at the time in jail jennifer was my high school prom date and but um and they in turn were kind of you know novice musicians they were inspired by watching you for sure yeah Yeah. they they were well i remember i was at a jellyfish just a quick sidebar i was at a jellyfish babies gig with jennifer pierce in 1985 or something and she was like uh he's just using he's just moving the same shape of his hand up and down the the guitar i said yeah and she's like i could do that (laughs) (laughs) it's true yeah but anyway um but yeah so i'm uh, jay and i each have you know discord would be my uh model and perhaps you know rem or like the athens thing would be one of jay's models or you know i think we're i think we're I mean, as a sort of like a a community community run sort of thing, you know, as an example, what would be another example for you? Uh, Gosh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good example, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, We were were pretty... It's it's both... I I feel like in all those examples, it's documenting something. It's like, hey, we're actually doing something important. And beyond the fact that we like it, we're documenting our friends. And that's... I mean, I, the examples you cite, I see people doing that all the time, and you kind of wonder what motivates it on some level. Like, because you guys, you took a curatorial role here in doing this. Yep. And no one, you probably did it, I assume, because no one else was doing it. But Jay and Jay and I, Jay and Catherine and I, what you're describing more than you know any people in my life, like these two people, like we've been, yeah, just sort of documenting the whole thing like for so long and you might not like Catherine might not like or someone a, a photographer a Colin or whomever I don't mean I'm trying to bring give me five give me five I'm trying to bring you I don't mean to make fun but just you might look at a picture and go yeah could have been better or like flash but how cool is it that it exists yeah. like those pictures are there and like they might not have existed and I don't know I think there's should I we, should we you know, talk I, about how much fun we had at my house, going to my binders. Yeah, like uh, Catherine had me over to her house to start this process, and she has. I mean, I know perhaps this is obvious, or maybe not obvious to everyone, is that this is all film, and so she's got a giant um, <laughs> binders full of women, binders <laughs> full of negatives <laughs> and contact sheets, and P.S. 
they're never in the same binder. So it's just a mess. Sorry, I like a good topical Mitt Romney reference, by and the way. Nothing, it's just amazing. And nothing. People know that reference for I, years. I'm trying to think of a better, a, a good pun for that, but... Um, Binders. I was so distracted by that that I heard. I misheard. I heard it. I was you just mean like, just how? You mean how that was like a specific uh, era? Like I shouldn't have mentioned that. No, it's great. It's totally <laughs> <laughs> Where's the beef on the radio? <laughs> well, hip club groove who are not mentioned in this book. Um, one of my favorite rhymes of theirs is "You're gonna get your ass caned like that kid in Singapore." <laughs> <laughs> So specific, like, it was so like. I remember that. It was I in totally, the news for like a week. I remember that kid. I remember that kid. That's a good. That's a good reference. Yes, some girl yes. Hip club groove are not in the book because they didn't have um, a seven-inch single. <laughs> <laughs> this Anybody this. who didn't have a seven-inch single is oddly missing from this seven-inch. Well, single I just collection. mean like, well, Al Tuck. Tuck. Tuck is sort of represented by One Day the Warner, uh, really scrappy Super Friends version right. of that song. On the way here, I, I downloaded the singles. It's a bit difficult on the website, but... Um, <laughs> because it's not officially for sale <laughs> okay. yet. Um, on the way here, I was listening to the Stove Smother yes. recording. Yes. Mm. So good. So fun. This is another thing that I want to bring up, and I thank you for doing it. You guys were on the DGC Rarities Volume 1 collection, which probably was kind of a big deal, right? Like Sonic Youth was on it, Beck was on it, all these people I were on it. I think a lot of people heard of us through that, yes. by the way. right. And that was particularly uh, atypical of our sound. But it was at completely the same time, anomaly. And you, but at the same time, it was kind of cool and ahead of its time in a way. Yeah, that's right. You kind of make a joke in the book about how you'd never heard of Beck at that point. Yeah, There's no drum, drum loops in it and stuff like that. My, but my point is you submitted an Eric Strip cover. Like that to me was like I'm sold. These guys are I love these guys. Like they, they have this opportunity. A lot of bands would be like, oh, what are we gonna do? You know, we're we're on this compilation. We gotta give them our A material or whatever. And you yeah. guys were like, we love Eric's trip. I assume I'm just like, well. Why did you do that? Why would you do that in that circumstance? This is kind of a quite a platform for Sloan. You you hand in a cover of Eric's trip. You might <clears throat> be making us look better than we are it was probably like what do we what should we do they need it tomorrow we just did this eric strip cover that's what they're getting oh my god my heart is broken right now yeah the truth I, the truth is coming it seemed, um it but also it's fun to do stuff like that yeah. like we knew that we had it's i mean it sounds obnoxious the ear of more people than maybe eric strip did and in, in certain quarters and to do something like that and maybe revert it back to others you know, is a, is a fun thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Sorry, and what's that? We were also like a really, a big fish in the tiniest pond. And I think that we were, or I was conscious of trying to walk down the street and not feel like a giant jerk. It's like we're, oh, we're promoting the area. We are a community service project. We are like, we're, you know, we're going to put money and time and effort and energy back into the scene that we came from. And, yeah. um, uh, because we we had some money to do it, and um, anyway, I, I. But it was it was also fun. Like it wasn't completely, like uh, just trying to help out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the the idea of, well, the other side of it. The the idea of putting out records is also kind of fun. Well, uh, from my from my point of view sure. as well, just from growing up and being into music or being into <clears throat> record labels that had an identity or something like that too. It was. It was twofold. It was great to be able to help out bands that you either were friends with or that you really liked because there was always a lot of great bands in Halifax. Like even when Chris and I were in 
Carney Lake Road or even before that, being jealous of the Jellyfish Babies who put out their first album in... The Jellyfish Babies? The Jellyfish Babies. Jellyfish Babies, Jellyfish Sorry. Babies, yeah. the, Thank you. Chris liked that one. They had, a, they had a record out in grade 12, and I just remember being completely <laughs> jealous. <laughs> Chris is doing some shenanigans. You know the other thing that's... I think they were in grade 11. Okay. And well. I was in grade 12. So I was furious. You always want to be older than everybody else in the room. Why is that? Is that a thing with you? You just need to be the, the top dog? You no, but you know what? I don't know anyone older than me. You don't, you don't know anyone older than you? That's, that's telling. Because that I, totally I telling. was so into helping the younger kids and so whatever. Is it a hero thing? Do you want to be a hero? I have a kind of a slight, Maybe. I have a slight hero complex. Maybe, but I remember feeling of some of the older bands, I'm like, Throw me a bone. Help me out. Yeah. And it's just like, well, screw you guys. And whatever. And, and you know, Jay, I, I appreciate you saying, Jay, that it was also fun because maybe I, I leave that out. I'm saying it like we felt responsible for having to do it. Like it was totally fun to well, do everything. Well, there is an ego side to it as well. No, yeah, a little bit, like no, no, no. There, there is, but actually a so... vanity yeah. boutique. But the one, the one sort of thread I've noticed about this book and and the songs that made it onto seven is that so many of them seem to be fun ideas that that kind of not disposable not throwaways necessarily but just like so many of the songs here seem like kind of experiments anomalies in a band's catalog otherwise i i kind of feel that with one of the first singles that came out which was the hardship post uh single it sounded it was like the first thing that they had put out after Sounds they had released like the Hack EP, which almost sounded a little bit like, you know, Canada's like it sounded a little more like Nirvana than anything that was coming out of Canada. Even though I think our band had been, you know, hey, they're Canada's Nirvana. But well, this this Hardship Post kind of sounded like Nirvana on the Hack EP. But when they came out with the Silver Suit single, they basically sounded more like Joe Jackson or the new or New Wave or something like that. Huh? I got a DC vibe. I got kind of like a early '90s like. Sorry, that's just me. Kind of like oh that yeah, we'll fit muted guitar stuff going on that it kind of reminded me of like it didn't remind me of Fugazi or anybody particularly yeah. but it anyway sorry that's interesting so it's not well regardless it's it's something different than what they had done before and it's kind yeah. of neat that it would come out as a as a single as sort of something new that they were doing basically why do you suppose this format which by the way I mean we haven't even gotten into this vinyl is obviously maybe it's passe already to talk about it because vinyls definitely had a resurgence singles bands are putting out seven inch singles again and devoting a lot of time to that sort of thing but is there something about the format that kind of do you think uh, inspires more fun, more like more experimentation? Maybe, maybe you might be thinking, let's put this goofy thing on the single because, you know, we probably maybe I, I don't know. If, anyway, I was going to say like the our experiment, our stove smother thing was definitely different than our smeared record, and that would probably never fit on a Sloan album, or it would seem it would seem strange if it was, it would stand out more. On a Sloan album, but as a standalone thing, maybe it makes more sense. Well, like the the stood up same old flame thing, could probably have made it onto an album. Yeah, yeah but even thing, but even even the stove yeah. smother thing. By the time we made twice removed, we probably would have put it on. Yeah, but but it but it was definitely different than our first record, and it came out between the yeah. records, right? So it was it was a sort of step away from the sort of grungeified. It came out before twice removed. I think so. Stove didn't smothered? It? Stove Smother would have come out before Twice Removed, yeah. Just before when we it. say Stove Smother, by the way, folks, it's two songs. That's right. There's, that's right. Stove, 
and smother. <laughs> and we and it says in the book, but we when we first did a hardcore version of an Eric Strip song called Smother, and Jay said, I'm not putting that out. And then <laughs> and then and then he so, but we did that. That was recorded at the same time we were doing all those twice removed demos. That was at Terry Pulliam's place at Sound Market Studio. Yeah. And then we did the. Uh, so that was recorded at, at, on that all that terrible gear. But then we did the the uh, <laughs> the retroactive disc. Then stove was done on four track, and that was done on. Uh, Jay was making tape loops, and he had to use a chopstick to keep it. And yeah. Andrew, Andrew even called Jay the little chopstick. For a while, where's the chopstick? For where's the little chopstick? Hall, <laughs> exactly. Where's the little chopstick? Oh man, I'm worried that you're going to be little chopstick to me forever now. No, That's an no. amazing nickname. I shouldn't even say that. But anyway, um, and w- and was it Can? I think it was Can. I think it's a, a yeah a loop. Yeah, it's a, by, the, by the by the band Can. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say? I think I cut it out. Did I say in my notes that I became obsessed with Can when yep. I was at a NASCAD party when I was wearing Gene Simmons makeup? You've said that somewhere. Okay. Um, I'd have to check to see. Uh, I mean, I've I've got the book. I right was at here. a NASCAD party and I was yeah, wearing I had become a skirt. Yeah, I had become obsessed with since being turned on to them at a NASCAD party where I wore Gene Simmons makeup and a mini skirt. <laughs> yeah. So ah, uh, those were the days. You added that. <laughs> I, I did. There's a little whiff of nostalgia there for that time in your life. <laughs> I was like, I can just, what a weird thing to do. I don't do that that often. Anyway, that was at, do you remember like Iris and Elmar? Yeah. And so I took his name, I think, for Elmar Dutchie Schwartz for like, right. but they were, they? they were Germans and they were older and they were like sculptors and they were totally weird. And anyway, so he told me, you know, I played, you know, you know, Mother Sky single 100 times when I was high or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen to the can. And then it was the record that I got heavily into was Delay 1968, which is from before their first record. Do you know anything about that band? I know a bit about Can. I, I, I still get regular dispatches from Demo Suzuki. I met him and introduced him at the Guelph Jazz Festival. Right. I think I went to see Demo Suzuki at the House of Blues in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the first record was with Malcolm Mooney. Do you know who yeah, that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I love that, for, that record. Anyway, but um, so what was my point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Talking about can uh, tape loops, oh, having just, fun. Just that I made the yeah. hardcore one, and then Jay kind of was championing this. This, you know, I, I think it was Jay's vision that we did this pre-Beck, Beck-sounding thing. Yeah, no, it's cool. I just wanted to ask you guys what what actually inspired you to put this out. Now I feel like there's been waves of nostalgia within Sloan's camp lately, and I'm just curious why. You've got the twice removed deluxe edition, which I'm referring, I'm referencing with a. A wave of my hand. It's a on, gesture. It's over there. It's yeah. over there. Yeah, and I bought that thing, and it's great. And then you did at the uh, Great Hall. You decided to play the uh, Peppermint EP, the the first Sloan release. So what what's happening? Why are you looking back all of a sudden? Well, on the one hand, we have a, a like a, a web store that we're trying to sell things through. So like we've been doing things like bootlegging ourselves and like putting out our own bootlegs. Right. And and, um, and the twice removed. Uh, reissue was an excuse to tours. Like we're not, we don't have a record coming out this year. Let's generate something that we can tour on because, um, and also to show off the fact that we're the same four guys mm-hmm. and that we've we sort of, 
you know, it was difficult to market us. I know that Geffen was resistant to having us all write. They were essentially pushing me or me and Patrick to be kind of the main singers. Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, we're all going to sing. And so that was kind of like a tough sell in a way. But now I just want to, I think that people who know us or follow us love the fact that we do that or I don't know, love it or at least expect it they, but uh no I'm but pretty they sure they love it they love it I think they love it too or I want to think that they do and 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 uh and that every you know I'd love to think that a quarter of our fans are Chris fans and a quarter are Andrew fans and a quarter of, you, I know it doesn't really probably break down like that <laughs> but uh but you know I like to show off the fact that we can do twice removed and we're all still in the band and we can all I see. sing our songs I see and it's an excuse but, to tour in off years and I'm thinking in a way that put out a new record next year and then tour one quarter another the year after that and then buy buy some time <laughs> <laughs> so all of this is stall tactics that's basically what you've told, told well us. i just mean like we don't sell that many records so we can't put out a record and it's like well i guess we'll be promoting and selling this for the next two and a half years it's like guess what you know three days have gone by the record is dead <laughs> so you know you gotta just put out small sure no it's i'm we not have a, we have a web store it's like hey let's just make 500 copies let's start a business model of like creating fun things that sell out right away i don't know yeah and you're you're also reissuing uh mock-up scale down by the super friends which is, i think is a very key release in the murder records catalog and uh, does that suggest that there's more of this stuff to come um maybe i don't know i mean it's it's nice we do they're expensive to do because we do limited runs only because you don't want to have tons of stuff lying around like yeah. the super friends thing coming out that's just gonna be 500 copies but it's more it's also fun just to do archival projects of things that we own and we still have you know we still have the original masters of the mock-up scale down mixes let's let's make a record out of it because i'm sure there's a lot of people who would maybe like to hear it or or own it in that yeah in that way yeah. i guess or something like that you know um and also another thing like i feel like chris and i have kind of been archiving our band i'm a fan of bands and and labels and things like that as as you would know but i think chris and i have been just saving just sloan stuff over the years whether it's um Posters. photos or well catherine has yeah. all the photos and things like that but also just yeah. archive material and it's fun to make a box set like the twice removed box set and you would imagine I think if I really liked a band, like I would love to see something like that for a band that I really like. So it's made out of, you know, trying to care for, don't mean to sound cheesy, but like a care for your own legacy or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, it's and, and, the, and the Murder Records book is sort of part of part and parcel with that too. You happy with this thing, Catherine? Yeah, very happy. I'm, I'm honored. We're very happy to have um, a continued relationship with Catherine and access to all of these photos. And she's not making any money off it either. We'll give her some money, but it doesn't doesn't reflect the work that it took to do all of the documenting. And hopefully, she just remembers how much fun she had when she was. <laughs> are you still? Are you Even taking retroactive? Are, are you taking? Uh, photog are you taking photography <laughs> at school? I don't know. How when do you graduate? <laughs> are you still taking photos that uh, professionally? No, though I am photographing a wedding this weekend, which. Is terrifying um when's the wedding six to nine <laughs> uh i'm i'm photographing a friend's wedding it's my gift to them um and the reason i was late was i was at the rehearsal and i was shooting that and it was really fun and i was like i kind of miss taking pictures is that the like first time you've really taken on a big project like that in a while oh yeah 
Why don't you do it more? I don't know. I've got like a job and, and no one asks me. Oh my goodness. Well, that seems like a crime, doesn't it? <laughs> Catherine, keep some time open in the next year. We're putting out a record next year. All right. How's your record doing, boys? Good. We were at it today. Jay and I together like a couple of dorks. <laughs> Just you two? Yep. And Just uh, YouTube. <laughs> I'm just sitting around watching YouTube <laughs> while Chris put bass on my songs. What, uh, what, what's, what's the progress report on this uh, record? Should we let the cat out of the bag? Yeah, go. <laughs> this is great and exclusive. Well, maybe no already. Well, the idea, and oh. hopefully it comes to fruition, <laughs> is that we're making a double album. And nice. so uh, everybody, technically, if you have a double album, you have four sides. So there's four songwriters in our band. This is good Everybody math. gets thrown He's side. doing math for us. Yeah, a little bit of math. A <laughs> uh, yeah. little bit of... Musical arithmetic. So instead of the way a, a normal Sloan record would work, where there'd be a Chris song, then an Andrew song, and a Jay song, and a Patrick song, we're going to group everybody's songs to an individual side. So it's almost oh. like four little mini solo albums within one album. And we'll see how... Colin, do you approve? Or are, you la- are you laughing like, they'll never do that? It's a little bit like that, yeah. I'm covering When You Wish Upon a Star online. <laughs> Thank you very much. Every time you mention it, you can't help but have someone say it's like the Kiss albums. And that's fine. It is like the Kiss albums. Except for they were successful right up until they did their solo, their solo albums. So that doesn't... Oh, so... We haven't been successful in a long right time. <laughs> yeah, they tanked right after that. Uh-huh. Like, they shipped... I like the story that they shipped a million of each record. They shipped a million of each. <laughs> and they sold a, to- a total of one million. Or a total of 1.5 million. It sh- it returned <laughs> double platinum. <laughs> or the ship platinum return gold. I thought it was literally the other way around. Ship gold, return platinum. What, uh, what it's People at home are manufacturing more to send more back. What inspired this uh, concept to do this? Just uh, I think if there's... I mean, I don't know if it sounds obnoxious, but I think if there's any band out there that could do something like that, maybe our band could, basically, because we have four songwriters and maybe we maybe everybody could make their own album potentially don't you think you wouldn't listen to um the lars ulrich side of the metallica double album (laughs) um no comment from jay interesting i sort of don't even know who that is or who they are (laughs) he's um yeah i feel like with like our band has been around for a long time and i mean we could just keep making regular records but sometimes it feels like you almost need a story with each record you put out just to get some attention a little bit um so I think that's sort of like an idea, like another idea that we've been thinking about for a few years, and now I think is the right time, cool, to do it. And then maybe everybody will think that was stupid, and then we'll come back with a regular <laughs> record and we'll be like, "Yay, it's yeah. great!" And how far? Go. How far along uh, are you? Chris is the furthest along, I think, and then Andrew and I might be tied for second with a lot of music but no lyrics. Patrick and Patrick. Patrick. Is, uh, no, Patrick's gonna. He's got some. He's got some <laughs> chords. <laughs> he's working on no i think he's he's got some ideas he works more at home and we'll be up at the studio yeah i've seen his work often. on twitter he has a whole other full-time job writing and he's got he's got a oh he's got the column right yeah. yeah 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 but um no i've heard a bunch of his stuff i know what's going on with him and i know some songs that he wants me to play bass on so and i know how they go but he's definitely i don't i whatever i know what he's doing the least but that's par for the course yeah yeah, yeah. no that's great this is great. I'm 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 happy you guys share this with. But our last double record, he claims to have not known it was a double record till it was being mixed. That's the his story. Never hear the end of it. Yeah. Like, oh, he didn't know, huh? He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so perpetually out of the loop, this Patrick? I don't get it. Because we write emails and he looks at it on his phone 
it's like, dear, well, let's, I'd like to discuss the following things. And then he reads the first thing and he's like, ugh. And he doesn't read the rest. Are you going to try? You should. I think you should. I don't know if he was serious, but I think you should shoot the photos for the next record, Catherine. Uh, we talked about it once, but. I think it could work out. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here. Yep. Another exclusive. Another exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I would be down with that. I think that's a good idea. Is this in Are Mojo? Yeah. <laughs> Is this in Mojo magazine? That's right. It's in Mojo. Uh, Chris J., thank you so much. Catherine, you too. Thank you so much for uh, Thank being, you, Vish, for the taking show. this project seriously. Thank you, Vish. And thanks, Jay, for the snacks. And thanks, Catherine, for your years of documentation and and the, uh, and the friendship of all of us and um, and all that stuff. I think we have time, if you guys would permit stuff it. Stuff like that. It was a very heartfelt thing Chris just said that I cut off, and I'm sorry. I was starting to get heartfelt, but you could tell that I was about to well up, and yeah. you say, let's cut this I'm off. I'm a professional. I stepped in. Is there a song we can play to give people a taste of this book? Do we have permission? Do you like treble? <laughs> Maybe the, the sound of cassettes. The Super Friends is that what you're referring to? It's I don't funny know. how every, almost everything is recorded on four track cassette, or the, I'd say sixty percent of it, sixty to seventy percent. Do you think of the songs? And it's often with people saying, "I borrowed Chris's four track when he was at a ten. Yeah. So poor, right. poor yeah. Rich Terfry, I feel like comes off sort of uh, self consciously badly whenever he speaks of himself in this book. He's just like, "I was such an asshole back then. I borrowed Chris's." <laughs> tape machine it wouldn't bring it back i didn't do well, the you cover you can't say something like that as we're wrapping up no I no don't. he's great he's no, just no, being self-deprecating he's, my he's friend. from the no I love that's not rich. how he tells it no rich and i are, are relatively friendly i didn't we're mean from it the maritimes way. we're self-deprecating by nature no but every time he talks in this thing he's just like i did this i feel bad about it now like i was i you know he's some regrets about his youth he's just showing off he's okay fine. all right anyway is there what, what can we play you pick a song should we play the song that i'm on that's true. Oh yeah. What song it is that, Catherine? It could be a contest. Oh yeah. So Do you if like contests? Read the book. It's in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what song we're going to. <laughs> stood up. What do you do on the song "Stood Up"? I scream and then laugh. <laughs> <laughs> She's on lead laugh. Oh nice. <laughs> it's like we all say "Stood up, stood up, stood up, stood up." Woo! Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm Courtney." <laughs> Supposed to be 
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.